Yes, sir. Sports Dev, welcome again, guys. Ega, today we have Swiss track coach Daro Egaga in the house. And Daro, when Daro for Jesus, maybe 30 years, I think. <laughs> Put it this way, I, I don't think I have any memories where you're not in there. <laughs> no doubt forever, man. Ah, no yeah. forever, man. Yeah, we, we, what's going we, on? Yeah, same, same, man. You know how it is. Wake up, go to work, come back, go to the track, make, make things happen. You know, try and stay away from these invisible microbes. See, there's monkeypox now. You nobody know what's going on. Yeah, what's that like in Switzerland? Like, uh... yeah, Switzerland is chill. We just we take the information as it comes, and then we make the appropriate decisions. You know, they don't. Swiss people don't panic. I don't know why, yeah. but they don't really panic here. I guess because they are old. Civilization is about 700 years old here, Switzerland, as in they've been Swiss for that long. Yeah. So they're, it's a very mature society. You know, they evaluate things, find solutions, apply them. If it doesn't work, reevaluate, try again. They don't really panic like that, you know? Yeah. yeah. And they have, like, they have like regions there, right? So each region is almost uh independent and they, they rotate power uh, between yeah, yeah 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 they have this very strange effective albeit system where they have seven presidents and the seven presidents kind of represent uh the different regions and then every seven years whoosh, new seven so every yeah. year every year one of the seven presidents becomes the president and then after seven years whoosh, new seven I love it, man. So they they put in an odd number, so that way there's a winning vote every time. So there's like, I, okay. <laughs> I don't know if that's why they did it, but that's what they have. But they use the biblical seven number, you know, seven days and seven nights and seven. Ah, <laughs> uh, no, they're not they're not church like that here. I mean, there's religion. You've got religious people. You you have you actually have religious political parties here. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. There, there's some. Parties that are, you know, something Christian parties, stuff, stuff like that. They have religious political parties here. But I don't know. They, they, so we use direct democracy here. You know that is, so that's if, if uh, you want to make a decision about something, they send out, they send out uh, ballots, you vote, count the ballots, and it goes just like that. Hmm. That's it. No, beating around the bush anything like uh when they wanted to pull out of schengen just sent the ballots out the ballots came in the people said we want out that's it out so the um i'm still stuck and i know this is this is not track but it's cool though. I like yeah, it's not track, so, so, so the um the, the seven presidents do they uh -huh. get it do they get elected or appointed from each El elected region? elected elected so they get yeah, elected yeah. from each region yeah, yeah yeah and they also it's kind of like a council of leaders it's like a where, council of leaders, man. Where they rotate who becomes the head of that council. And yep. every seven years, that council gets switched up. New bunch. New seven. I like it, man. I like we it. Use that. We should definitely use that in Nigeria. That would that would save that. That, that, that would be much better than what we have now. There will be no arguments <laughs> about who is Fulani or who is whatever, man. It won't matter. It won't uh, matter. Yeah, Everyone uh, yeah, full representation. Uh, there we go. Everybody bring your, your, your president or your representative to, to the table. And then we go around. And then and, and another cool thing is that way, once agendas have been set, 
even if you change the next seven presidents, you can't just change the agenda. Yeah. You can't just say, oh, I'm president now, so we're changing the agenda. That can't work. You, you, you the, need, you need the, a vote. Yeah, because you the, the other six people are there. You, you just yeah. can't wake up one day and say, oh, my shit is what's going on now. That's so cool. Man. What, yeah. about the, what about the legislature? How does that work? I don't know. It's court system is if i remember correctly i think so no, not, not the judiciary like the people who pass laws do they have senators congressmen how does that work uh, there nah, i need to, i can look it up online though. I'm, I'm, yeah I'm, yeah i'm getting to i'm not I'm, I'm not that deep into how things work like that yeah i should we'll probably get into it soon but yeah that's cool man that's pretty right. cool mm -hmm. so yeah man uh Let's talk about recent thing. What do you make of Nigeria's performance in Commonwealth? They bagged a lot of medals, man. They did pretty well, uh, right? Yeah, they did pretty well. What they get? What thirteen medals, eighteen yeah. medals, something like that. It's a brume long jump. See, uh, honestly, I want yeah. to say job well done, simply because I've been in the system and I know mm -hmm. what it's like, and I have to respect the fact that you're able to produce that amount. But the reality is if we take things seriously and uh, we, we put a huge amount of effort into developing our programs and developing our systems, I don't see why we shouldn't top that list. 100%. I agree. I don't see you. why, at least in track and field, I don't see why we shouldn't top that list. I don't see, in, in many other sports, I, I, I just don't understand it. I Well, I understand it. It's, it's, it's a consequence of the kind of managed sports management we have and sports development we have so that's that's why so yeah we can say wow we got a lot of medals and we did very well we can't say that but from my point of view we are we are still way behind where i believe we can be or where we should be with respect yeah. to sports but what, what 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 kind of behind yeah it's interesting because um you look at like jamaica right Clearly, they've become. Man, the country has I, got like country has got like what five people. <laughs> Man, it's a small. Think about it. It's a small place. No, they're but here's, here's the thing I, Yeah, here's the thing I saw though about uh, what's his name. I saw this little documentary piece about you saying you saying Bolt's training because he mm -hmm. he was he was training in Jamaica, mm -hmm. and they showed like a training day. He went out there. He did something like. 200 meters like eight times or something crazy like that finished goes home gets a massage the coach he showed his coach the coach has refused to upgrade the gym where they lift weights mm -hmm. it keeps it hot keeps it humid it's mm -hmm. basic at best it doesn't have any mm -hmm. bells and whistles yeah. there's nothing okay. special yeah, yeah. So, you know, so it looks like it looks like the the uh gym in national stadium earlier in nigeria mm -hmm. right the one, the one we used to go to, the one in Lagos. Yeah, it looks like that thing. Nothing yeah. special at all. Nothing special. Okay, so that just tells you the the requirements, the things you need to develop a world class sprinter. You don't need you don't need too many advanced things. You're trying to develop speed. You're trying to develop power. There are many ways of doing that. You don't you don't need state-of-the-art equipment state-of-the-art equipment might get you that extra 0.1 or 0.2 but when you're at a level where you're looking for one second improvement state-of-the-art equipment is not what's going to get you there it's a solid sprint program 
that is going to get you there. You know, put it this way, I'll give you an example. Take the long jump, for instance. There are two main techniques people use to long jump. The hitch kick, where you run, you jump, and you see them do this cycling thing in the air mm -hmm. with their feet. And mm -hmm. then the hang, where you just jump, you just hang, you just shoot your legs forward and you land. Mm -hmm. So Bob Beeman held the world record for what, 23, 27 years? Yeah. He used the hang, he didn't hitch kick. Now today everybody's learning the hitch kick. So what does the hitch kick do? Does it help? Does it really help you jump further? Physics will tell you no. Physics tells you once your leg leaves that board and you are in mid-air, the distance you are going to land is predetermined. Predetermined. So why are we doing hitch kick? Okay, so we find out that when you, you're doing long jumps, you jump. Sometimes you get some forward rotation in your upper body. And because you have a forward rotation, you can't extend your legs further enough to land in the sand. So that forward rotation makes you, it shortens the distance that you can jump. With the hitch kick, you create a counterclockwise force to mitigate that forward rotation, thereby helping you land where you are supposed to land. So what does the hitch kick do? It stabilizes you in midair. If you have a stability problem. If you don't have a stability problem and you are landing well, the hitch kick is not going to do anything for you. But then a lot of coaches say, hey, this is how we do it. It's the modern way of training. We're training the hitch kick. You can do that. And I'm all, I'm all for that. That is fine. But these kinds of things are quite technical and sometimes it's very difficult to grasp. And then you have a lot of people who don't want to continue long jump because they're trying to learn this tech, this really complicated thing. So you have a 19 or 18 year old guy. He's jumping maybe six meters 50. He's trying to jump seven meters 50. He's looking for one meter. Hitch kick is not going to give you one meter. Hitch kick is going to give you an additional 10, 20 centimeters here. So for an athlete like that, what you should be focusing on is speed, power, response, foot responsive, foot contact on the ground. That's what you need to focus on. So education like that is what I think is most likely missing in Nigeria. But it's not only Nigeria, though, is it? Because you of see, course, no, no, no. It's not only Nigeria, but we're talking yeah. about Nigeria. So I was just saying in Nigeria. I mean, think about well, how, it. How does? But the, the question is, how does bad coaching ideology become? commonplace where it becomes okay, normal. So right? no, it just I, spreads I, and it keeps spreading. So I won't call it I won't call it bad coaching ideology. I wouldn't say that. Okay, this is the best analogy. This is the best way I can give it. We take Isaac Newton, arguably the smartest brain that ever appeared on this planet. This guy pretty much invented calculus to solve a problem. He wasn't there was no calculus. This guy saw a problem. He invented calculus to solve the problem. Big brain. He had a theory of gravity. He says there's this force, attraction between bodies. This is how gravity works. From Newton's laws of mechanics, we calculate a whole bunch of different things, and it works beautifully. But then we get into certain scenarios, and it doesn't work. It just doesn't work. For instance, you can't really use Newtonian mechanics to send a satellite into space or send a space rocket to another planet. You're not going to make it. The math will not work. So does that mean Newton had bad science? 
because Einstein comes along, gets his own theory of gravity and explains it as the warping of space and matter following the curvature of space. And it explains everything Newton's uh, law could explain and all the things Newton's laws can't explain. So was Newton wrong or was that bad science? I wouldn't say it was bad science. I would say within the parameters of what he was trying to do, he was right. So it's the same thing with the principles of training and track and field. Within certain parameters of what a coach or what people are trying to do, they are right. When you try to expand or go beyond that, and then your ideas just might not work anymore, then we need new ideas, new theories, new ways, new investigation of how does the body really work? How does the body really respond to these things? We get some new ideas. We're able to apply new techniques of training and push people further. Remember, in the 60s, Jim Hines on a dirt track, ran 9.9. On a dirt track, ran 9.9. What kind of training did they have then? They weren't doing anything too special then either. You know? So well, what, what, might, what, what were they doing though? Uh, they had a lot of over overloading and over distance training. Uh, the principle then was you just lo load up the body with a lot of over distance and I'm not even sure. Over, over distance in the sense that if you're training for 100 meters, you run a lot of 150s and 200s. You know, 500s, 600s. <laughs> you know, it was a lot of over distance training. And then you get back in towards your competition time. You bring it down to shorter distances and you sprint more and stuff like that. Uh, hey, it worked. We had some guys running 9-9. We had some guys running 10-0. But then if you compare the amount of people that were running 10-0 in the 60s, to the amount of people who are running 10-0 now. I mean, we have teenagers that can run 10-0, 10-1. Then the elite, the very best of the best, men, grown full, that is what they were running. And it's not because human beings have changed. It's because we've learned a little bit more about specific adaptation and what what makes people what makes people faster. I mean, I mean, if you if you if you take the question, how do you get faster? You watch somebody sprinting. What is it that is going to make this person sprint at this speed and then next week sprint at that speed, a faster speed? What is going on in the human body that causes that? Why couldn't they sprint this fast last week? But how come they are sprinting? So those things were not fully understood in the 60s or in the 70s. More recently, I would say in the 80s, 90s is when we started getting a better understanding of specific adaptation, how it works, how the body responds to stimulus. Okay, so in general, the, the, the main idea is the human beings or organisms in general mm -hmm. are plastic to their environment. Whatever kind of physical pressures you apply on them the body will try to adapt to it so that that pressure can't damage them. So for instance, if you expose yourself, ah, for instance, astronauts, astronauts, they go into space, they stay in space stations for weeks, they start getting bone loss, bone degradation, muscle atrophy. They start wasting away because the body is like, okay, I'm not under the effect of gravity. I don't need this high bone structure. It stops producing the things that give you strong bone density. So they started finding a way to get exercise equipment up there to reduce the amount of bone, dense, bone loss. And then they now found, after a few years of doing this, 
the most effective way to actually reduce the bone loss to zero was very, very heavy resistance training. So that's what they do now up in the space stations. Heavy resistance training. And they come back, no bone loss, no, no muscle loss. atrophy, nothing. So the reason why we are the way we are here is because we are under the effects of gravity constantly. So our body produces things to help us adapt to that gravity. If you move to Jupiter, where the gravity is what? Eight, nine times, 12 times more than that of the Earth. You, you live there. After a while, or if you can survive it, mm -hmm. after a while, you come back to the Earth, you're going to be like freaking Superman. Yeah. You, get a, you get an athlete out and tell him to go play American football. You just give him the ball. He'll run through everybody to be like the juggernaut. He'll be like a film. So, so wait, are you saying that essentially athletes, in, in this case, sprinting, uh, sprinting. Sprint athlete, yeah, they become what they're subjected to over time. So over time. Yeah. So yeah. because they run fast consistently enough, yeah. yep. right? Their bodies adapt to a point where I don't even know if it's faster muscle muscle fibers that build up significantly yeah, okay. and then they just start to run much faster. Is that much what it faster. is? That what you're that, that's what it is. That's what it is. Like like for instance, I always said this, um, when I was taking this AI class, artificial intelligence class, and I always wondered um how come there are certain kinds of antelopes. They see cheetahs and wildcats and they, they run. But then you bring a tiger. There are no tigers in that area. But if they see a tiger, they'll run. Why? How, how do they know to run? Over the years, the kinds of pressures they, that have been put on them, just visual pressure, visual cues, as far as they're concerned, cheetah, lion, leopard, tiger, man, you guys are the same shit, man. Even if he hasn't seen one before. So that seems to be how the world works, okay? With respect to muscle structure and uh, muscle composition. So most people have about 50% red, 50% white, or at least that kind of proportion. But the reality is when we cut into the muscle, start searching this thing, there's a small percentage of red, a small percentage of white, a very large percentage of pink. So the pink muscles is where the action is. Now, of course, there are variations. There's some people that have more white than others. Some people have more red than others. Like, yeah. uh, like I always say, if you grab, if you go to a primary school, grab 500 primary school students and you tell them to run 100 meters, the gap between the first and the last will be enormous because people are that different. People are that diverse. Some people have way more white, way more. But on average, that pink muscle fiber, that's where the magic is. Because depending on what kind of training you do, if you do a lot of training that requires energy from aerobic energy, oxygen, those yeah. pink muscle fibers start becoming red. If you do a lot of anaerobic and alactic work, those mm -hmm. pink muscle fibers start becoming more white. Mm. So those are the kinds of adaptations that we begin to realize, okay, if you want to train a sprinter, we want more of the white stuff. So we need to stay away from doing slow stuff. We need to stay away from doing aerobic stuff. Okay? Or at the very least, understand why we are doing aerobic stuff in certain, certain scenarios or certain situations. The aerobic stuff should not be <coughs> training, should not be training per se. You should not be looking for adaptation through that because that's not what we want. So, so, wait. So the thing is this, right? If it's being subjected to 
an environment where your body can adapt to build up for the for the particular race in this case sprinting mm-hmm. why is this why is that so hard to grasp in i'll use nigeria as an example the place where it's warm year round you have so so with nigeria is a combination of factors no matter how well you train if you're not eating properly forget it. you're wasting your time and what what what, sh- what what should the eating be like so what kind of diet would help an okay. athlete adapt to that kind so, of intense because because what you're saying that kind of training whether it's plyometrics mm-hmm. sprinting lifting heavy weights the effects on the body you know it's enormous significant. yeah so okay. recovery so nutrition. like yeah so yeah. like 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 the thing i said with the long jump with the with the hang and the hitch kick if you want to go into specifics of nutrition, where to eat this at this time, drink this at this time, this is okay. That is when you are now looking for the marginal improvements at the elite, elite level. Mm-hmm. But when you're talking about general athletes in general, we're, we're talking about somebody who is running 10 6 and is trying to get to 10 3, just eat healthy food. The amount balance, of balanced yeah, balance, balance diet. The should there be like energy. should there be like a similarity to what um bodybuilders deal with where they like eat a pound of a gram of protein per pound of body weight okay. kind yeah. of so, thing? So, or... so 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 with bodybuilders that that's that's kind of a niche it's a niche kind of thing because in that context you're you're not only looking for recovery you're looking for growth looking for muscle growth so we we are not looking for muscle growth. Yes, there will be some muscle growth in our training, but that's not what mm-hmm. we're looking for. Ain't nobody trying to put on two kilograms sprint, because for every for no for every pound of muscle for every for every pound you put on, you're going to have to exponentially increase your power output. It's not a linear thing. Like for instance, if I weigh eighty kilograms, and I and I can power clean, what one hundred kilograms, okay. My power output on 220 pounds for 220 pounds. So my my power output on the track will be at a certain level. Now, let's say I put on two kilograms. You would think, okay, I need to now Mm. put those two kilograms in the power clean to be able to compensate. No, it's exponential. You're gonna have to put on, you're gonna have to like power clean maybe 120. So there's a yeah, so there's a limiting, it, it might not be that big, but there is there is there's a, there's a point of diminishing return with weight training if you are going to start putting on weight for sprinting. You can't just go out there and put on five kilos and then power clean the same thing and think you can pop out the blocks the same way. It's just not going to happen. Okay? So it's it's kind of like a, a good example. Rockets. You understand a rocket space, all right? You have to put, to, to, to escape gravity, you need to burn a certain amount of fuel. Let's say, mm-hmm. let's, let's use simple numbers. Let's say you need... 1,000 kilograms or 1,000 pounds of fuel. With 1,000 pounds of fuel, you can you can throw 1,000 pounds of a rocket out of this world. Fine. But the fuel itself weighs 1,000 pounds. So you need fuel to be able to throw the fuel and the rocket. Mm. And the extra fuel you put, you're going to need fuel to throw that fuel. So where does it end? So there's a limit to how big your rocket can be with how much fuel you can put inside there. And the bigger your rocket is, the way more fuel you have to put inside there. So, because most of the stuff you are going up there with is just fuel to carry the fuel, to carry the fuel that is going to carry the fuel that will carry the rocket. 
So let me ask you this then. Let me ask yeah. you this then. Based based on that that whole thing, you know, from 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 the American football world, there are guys you see that they say mm -hmm. going to the off season. Mm -hmm. They say, oh, you know, he was two hundred pounds. He put on twenty pounds of muscle. He was two twenty, and mm -hmm. he cut his forty yard dash speed by point two. Mm -hmm. So those guys in that situation. Mm -hmm. You're saying if you were to measure, they increase their power production by a much higher percentile rate mm -hmm. when you compare it to the, the amount of weight they put on. When mm -hmm. you put on 20 pounds of muscle, you're 200 pounds. Now you're putting on 220. And mm -hmm. you go from a, a 4.6 to a 4.4 mm -hmm. in 40. What happened yeah. there? How, how would you explain that situation? So, because so, so what yeah. I what I would like to see now is their power output in certain tests. Can they broad jump more? Their single leg hops, can they single leg hop more than before? Can they power clean or snatch more than before? If they can't, then there's, there's... Okay, if they've already run the new time, you put on weight and you run the new time, then that means those power outputs have gone up. If those power outputs didn't go up, more likely than not, that time is not going anywhere. In mm. fact, in many cases, it will go down. Now, the big question is, if you can do that in one summer, there might be so. How, how old is this person? Let's just say 2021. Or 2021. Okay. Yeah. Your, 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 your hormone production has yeah, at its peak right now. So your rate of recovery is going to be like superhuman high. Yeah. Yeah, possible. Yeah, not very likely, but you can find people like that. Now, if you find somebody doing that in their 30s, <laughs> hey. they're, on, they're on that Mexican cocktail, right? Hey, man, they're eating some Mexican tacos. Those beefs that, you know, cause people to <laughs> ring the alarm, man. They're on them tacos, man. No, but, no, but here's the thing, though, right? So if people get put into that kind of regimen and they put on the weight mm -hmm. with the idea of, you know, there's this whole phrase of bigger, faster, stronger, right? That mm -hmm. your strength and conditioning coaches coin that phrase all the time. And they put on this weight, but they're not training as effectively, right? So they're not everything mm -hmm. you mentioned, like the plyometrics you just described, the, the, the single mm -hmm. leg bounds, and all they're not doing any of that stuff. They're just lifting weights. You know, they're mm -hmm. bench pressing, they're squatting, maybe yeah. deadlifting, and 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 you know, they put on pounds, the big muscle groups. Mm -hmm. It doesn't follow. That they should then turn around and run a faster time no it right? doesn't follow it doesn't it doesn't immediately it there's a correlation but not a causation if not arnold schwarzenegger will be faster than you say bolt <laughs> That's yeah, true though. yeah there's a correlation not a not it's not a causation it's not because you lift weights and you're strong you're fast mm -hmm. so you have to remember okay put it this way before you do anything in sprint training, at least this is my philosophy. You ask yourself, why are you doing this? You need a very direct answer to why you are doing that. Why are you squatting? Why are you power cleaning? Why are you doing deadlifts? Why are you doing 20 meters? Why are you doing 30 meters? You need a direct answer for those questions. Not, eh, well, if you do that. No, no, no. Direct, why are you doing it? If you don't have a direct answer for it, then more likely than not, you don't have a program. 
what you have is a collection of workouts and you're just training and whatever improvements you get from what i can see is just luck it's just mm. luck. you need a specific you need a concise program this is what i'm doing this is the goal this is why i'm doing it why am i doing this plyometrics i'm doing this because i'm trying to improve leg stiffness or i'm doing this plyometrics because i am trying to improve some rate of force uh rate of force development or preparation you need to understand why it is you're doing every single thing you're doing that's it put it in the program make sure you have some sort of progression from either simple to complex or from less intense to high intensity and you know put it this way follow the science what does the science say how does the body work like I, I was trying to explain to some, I don't remember, some, some athletes the other day. There isn't one workout that anybody on this planet can point to that can tell you, if you do this workout, you will get faster. There's no such thing. None. There's no such workout. Even if you just take, okay, let's take sprints. If we're sprinting 60 meters, if I tell you sprint 60 meters by 10, at some point, even in that session, you will become slower yeah so there's no one workout that makes anybody faster what makes you faster what makes you improve in any way is your ability to recover from a workout because your what will happen is your body will start trying to adapt to the pressure you've put on it so that it can handle that stress better so if your workout if in your program you haven't programmed in the adequate rests, the adequate space for your body to recover and adapt to the training you are giving it, you're not going to get anything. Anything. What, Nothing will come out from the program. And what's the adequate space, right? Depending on if you do a high volume of of sprints, right? And let's mm -hmm. let's let's step outside track for a little bit here. So let's step into American football. If you mm -hmm. train a bunch of athletes and you take them outside and they run i don't know 1200 yard sprints because that's the kind of training they do in football it's a lot of conditioning repetitive maybe a minute rest between each one um i would ask why why i would ask why you're doing that that's what i'll be asked why are you doing i've seen i've watched american football how many times do you run 100 yards very rarely yeah why are you doing that I'm not saying you shouldn't do it. I just want to know why. Why the response, are you a, lot, the response a lot of these coaches will tell you, and I don't want to speak too much for them, is that it's for conditioning, right? Your ability to, you know, react when the ball is snapped, run, change directions, make a play, and then get ready to go again in 45 seconds, right? <clears throat> you want to run and change direction, put in, put in exercises that make you run and change direction in practice. I mean, Repet I, repetitive. So you, you do it yeah. over and over again. Yeah, at, I mean, at a high speed because that's what you're playing at. You're playing at a very yeah. top. Yeah, you, you got you. You got to keep the intensity all year round. But then, what's the recovery? Let's say okay. Let's say you do that, right? Okay. So, mm -hmm. so you with sprint, respect let's say you sprint ten, change direction. Sprint twenty, change direction. You you mimic the environment of an mm -hmm. actual game, right? The recovery mm -hmm. in a game is, I think, between plays, maybe maybe forty five seconds, right? 
Okay. Um, I, might, I might be so, wrong there. So but, but it's, <clears throat> yeah. How far, how far do you sprint before you recover? Depends on the play. Depends on the play. <laughs> right. so, we, so we can watch a bunch of games and estimate it. Yeah, we can. We can take an average. We can. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Like I did that day, I was, I was watching soccer, some soccer players jogging. They were doing some jogging, 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 jogging. I said, let's go watch a full match. Let's focus on one player. Tell me, how many times do they jog? How long do they jog? What's the jogging for? In football, you're standing, walking. When the ball is down there, you ain't doing shit. Mm -hmm. the, guys who, the guys who have the ball, they move, move, move. They pass. Every now and then, the attackers will take the ball, do some strides, and then maybe sprint. And then everybody fall back. So running around from morning till night is not, it's not going to help you improve those attributes or those qualities that you want. So whether in football, American football, or in soccer, mimic the conditions of the game, but then what would be the recovery? Because even if you do mimic the conditions of the game, you're talking repetitive sprinting mm -hmm. over long periods of time, mm -hmm. right? Yep. So soccer is a 90-minute game. You know what I mean? So you have to be able to condition the athletes as well to be able to, to participate. Do to do repetitive sprinting for 90 minutes. So the conditioning should be similar. It should be similar. You need and then after and then after that, what's because you're talking about recovery, right? Being mm -hmm. able to recover effectively so you can make those gains. How long does the recovery become so you can make gains to the point that when you do actually get into a game and you sprint, you're sprinting at a faster pace and you're okay. So you want you if you want to improve your speed, you want to improve your speed. What you first have to do is understand what energy systems in the body are responsible for that. And then you train that energy system. So for instance, if you start from zero and try to get to the highest speed you can get to, okay? Mm -hmm. You have about six seconds, no, between four to seven seconds. So when I say between four to seven seconds to do that, so that is from the novice on the street to Usain Bolt, to mm -hmm. the top guys. The top guys have about seven seconds to do that. After mm -hmm. seven seconds, the, the body has run out of lactic energy. You can't get any faster. You just can't. That's it. The, the, energy, the energy system to do that is depleted. You 70 seconds? Seven. Seven. That's it? That's it. Seven. Four to seven seconds, depending on the level of the athlete. The energy system is done. You're short. You can't get faster. You literally can't. Okay? So now, we've learned there are ways to increase that window. So like somebody's lactic energy system can last four seconds. Okay? There's something called lactic short speed endurance. So something like you sprint for three to four seconds. Right? Mm -hmm. And then normally it takes about two to three minutes for, or maybe four four minutes for the electric for the for that system to recover. So you can sprint again. So you don't wait for it to fully recover. You go again just before it recovers. About three minutes, you go. Yeah. Then you do it again. You do it again until you now start seeing some visible decline in the times. So what should be the what should be the recovery in, in that kind of workout you're talking? So about? in that kind of workout, so like, so. There's a little bit of eye test and understanding the athlete and seeing when have they fully recovered and when they haven't. 
That's why you need to spend some time with your athletes. Because some people just walk, some people just walk back, right? They walk back. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So you walk back, and if you haven't got, if you haven't recovered enough, then the next time you run, the next on your next repetition, there'll be a big time difference between what you did the first time and what you did the second time. Then you know you didn't recover enough. If you didn't recover enough, you didn't push that. You, you didn't come. You, basically, you want to come close to that uh, limit as often as you can without crossing it. You come to that limit. Rest. Come to that limit. Go again. And then the next day, you do something that doesn't disturb that energy system. Give like it what? time to recover. Well, and nothing. Like, 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 like in sports, like soccer and American football as well. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so, what, so what, what do they do in that situation so, where you've done that intense workout or one day for speed? And then the next mm-hmm. day... Then, then the next day, you are not doing anything that brings you to use maximum effort for four to five to six seconds. Nothing. You're not doing anything that will do that for you. We call it like you can, a general, you can work on skill development. You can work on skill development. You can work on this jogging thing you want to do, which I wouldn't put my athletes through. I, I, don't, I don't see why you have to do that. But you work on something else. You stay away from anything that will disturb that energy system. Now, from the studies we've seen, about 48 hours. You're back in so form. Mon- a Monday and Thursday. Monday, Wednesday. Monday, Wednesday. Monday. So Monday, Wednesday kind of thing. Do Monday, do Wednesday, do Friday. Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, you work on something else, different energy systems. You push it through like that. And then what you see is over time, the your 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 base speed. You know how if I tell you to run... 460s or 560s you have the fastest one the slowest one and then the average one yeah that average one starts moving up moving up there and then it moves up and then the top one will push as well and the slowest one will push up so everything starts moving up just little by little so what we're looking for is little improvements centimeters here inches here and then by the time you add up all those inches we're looking at half a second difference just like that but that's how, that's at least that's how the thinking should go. That's how the process should work, you know. And another another way I explain it when uh, so everybody takes about fifty strides for hundred meters. Bolt tall guy takes quite yeah. less forty something. So everybody takes about fifty strides. So let's say you take fifty strides, you're doing it in ten seconds, right? So you're doing about five strides in one second, right? You can, you can, you can, you can think of it as think of it as okay. How long is this one stride? And if I want to go, if I want to remove zero point two seconds from my time, so I want to go from ten zero to nine eight. I want to remove zero point two seconds. So I'm doing five strides in one second. So in those my block of five strides, I need to find a way to spread out zero point two seconds in those fifty strides. So in one stride, I'm looking for something like 0.01 or 0.02 or 0.03 improvement in my strides. So when I'm doing 30 meters, I know how many strides are inside there. I want to be able to cover 30 meters in this amount of time to adequately say, okay, for this part of the race, I have chopped up what I need to chop off. Then between 30 and 60, I need to chop off another zero point. So you don't you don't look at okay ten zero and nine eight. That, that's big. It's daunting for athletes to think how do I jump from ten zero to nine eight? No, no, no. You tell them what we are looking for is zero point zero one on each stride. 
that's what we're looking for so when we're doing alternate leg bounds i'm looking for that extra one centimeter with each bound i'm looking for that extra one centimeter in your broad jump so, so yeah so, so speaking about parametrics and strength training how how is that because that's obviously important right so how how do yeah. you and even with strength training you don't just go and lift weights just to lift weights you're specifically lifting weights to strengthen certain body parts that would help mm -hmm. in sprinting so i'm assuming mm -hmm. glutes hamstrings right for, for yes. those sort of things do those do the, are those done like if you have what you explained about the sprint training breakup are those done on the same days you do that kind of sprint training workout are those done on alternate okay. days are so those this done is, this is where this is where programs differ right yeah some coaches do it differently so like for instance there are some coaches that say okay when you are doing accelerations so so and, and basically any sprint that doesn't require getting to top speed so 10 meters 20 meters 30 meters there's some literature out there that you can do that every day now you'll get to a wall at some point because your body will adapt to the fact that okay i'm trying to accelerate here i'm strong enough to do this and then you physically can't push yourself harder so the question becomes what can i do to make my my foot strike the floor harder so that i can accelerate more some people say okay i have an idea let's 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 tow a sled some people say let's go and squat full squats in the weight room you know so what full squats and squatting in the weight room what that actually does well it does a bunch of things but lifting very very heavy weights it will trigger your nervous system to grow more nerves in all the muscles that are contracting when you squat if you have more connections to these muscles you can recruit more muscles quicker more muscle fibers quicker and then you can accelerate quicker so that's that's one philosophy of how that works now if you are going with that philosophy then what you do is we train from in from moderate intensity to high intensity throughout the day so you do your speed work you do some plyometrics because you've done the speed work now you've sorry you've done your accelerations you do some plyometrics to teach certain things with respect to how you step on the floor and leg stiffness you go into the weight room try and lift some heavy weights to trigger that adaptation for your neurons to grow all on the same day all on the same day so it will be it will it will be high intensity low volume on the track put some plyometrics in there to be able to adjust or teach certain reactions then you hit the weight room to try and spark the neural adaptation to help you for the next time you're in there with the accelerations that's one philosophy then there's another philosophy that says okay you do your accelerations that day you rest that day but then the next day you do your heavy lifting and then the day after that you do your recovery work nothing to do with those energy systems but systems like that stay away from high speed training on that first day they'll just stick with accelerations because if you do high speed training it pushes you to your body to start trying to do some adaptation which will require you to rest the next day 
and then if you now go and lift heavy weights the next day again your system eventually your system can crash where you it's like getting a suntan you stay in the sun for a certain amount you'll get tanned if you stay and, too long and what, what would you classify as high sprint work high sprint work when you are, when you've started approaching that six to seven seconds of maximum effort oh i see anything above that six to seven seconds maximum effort that is that's a speed training. You're doing speed work at that point. Five, six, seven seconds. So I don't, I try not to use distances to tell you what speed work is. For instance, we'll take my kid, Akira. When he first started, his, his top speed was around 30 meters when he first started with me. So for him, when I want to do acceleration work, it was 10 meters and 20 meters. And then the senior athletes, their top speed was at 50 meters. So for them, 30 meters was acceleration work. Mm -hmm. So... I wouldn't I try I try not to use distances. I'll say, okay, if you sprint for six seconds, that's speed work. If you are sprinting for two to four seconds, that's acceleration. Got it. So that's 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 how I try to measure it. I mean, luckily at some point it just coincides with distances 30, 40, 50, 60, 70. And it, it kind of goes well, especially when you have a group a big group of athletes and it's very difficult to start partitioning people and putting people together. It's, 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 it's a bit difficult to manage. Yeah. I, I kind of got lucky. My group can be split into two quite easily. There are those who get to their top speed after 60 and then those who don't. Mm -hmm. So speed. So on my speed, on my speed session days, we just have Akira, Sasha, uh, I think Eloise, some other people, boom. Down, down, down 50, 60 meters, 70 meters for speed work. Everybody else is like 40, 50 meters for speed work. So, did you ever? Um, <clears throat> there's, a, there's a guy called Pavel Tassolin. You ever listen to him? He's I might a, have. He's a, he's a Russian guy. He talks about, he was talking about how to build stamina. And he mentioned that one of the key things people do is to kind of um, sprint for about seven to eight seconds. Mm -hmm. Right, walk back, recover using the talk test, and continue mm -hmm. that sprint workout for about 40 minutes. Right. And his what he was saying was doing that workout will boost stamina and mm -hmm. you know endurance. I know okay. I know so, what what are your thoughts about that? Yeah, okay. So well once again it's it's definitions. I don't know what it means by stamina. And I don't know what it means by endurance, because there's you got you got speed endurance, <coughs> you've got, you got anaerobic endurance, you got aerobic endurance. So I I, I yeah. don't know exactly what he's talking about. So we'll put it this way: if you run, for instance, Usain Bolt. Let's I always use Usain Bolt because everybody knows him. You know his time. Okay, he ran nine five eight. How many times did he ever do that? I don't know, maybe once. Once, right. okay. If you had told him to try it again 10 minutes after, if he runs 9-9, nine, nine, we'll be lucky. Mm -hmm. Okay? So, a lot of people say, ah, this athlete is strong. They can grow through the rounds. They can run 10-0. They can run 9-9. Nine, nine, then they can run 9-6. Yeah, that's because they've got speed reserves. That's because that athlete can run 9-6. So, 10-0 doesn't do anything to them. So taking a sprinter and saying, hey, let's run. I want you to be able to run 10-1 uh, four times without getting tired. 
Yeah, you can do that. But you can run 10-1 four times. Doesn't mean you can run 10-0 once. But if you can run 10-0 once, you can yeah. probably run 10-1, 10-2, four times with adequate rest. Okay? So when you want to coach an athlete, the, from what I see, the best way to do it is to focus on speed and power all year round. You just keep trying to get faster. With, the, with, with enough recovery in between. So that with enough recovery. Living. You want to get as fast as you can, as powerful as you can. You don't stop working on those things. You have other things you work on in setting volumes, you know, setting, but those things for sprinters, you don't stop. That's what you're trying to do. That's what you're trying to do. You get it? Yeah. Another good, another, another, another good way to look at it. Lifting weights. Let's just take bench press, for example. If you want to bench 100, let's say my max bench right now is 60 kilograms. I can push 60 kilograms one with a lot of teeth. Just one. If I want to bench 100 kilograms, there is no amount of reps I will do with 50 kilograms that is going to make me bench 100. You have to lift heavy. You have to go heavy. I have to, I have to keep getting as close as possible to that target. That has to be the goal. You have to have a plan. Say, okay, I can do 60 by one. If I want to improve my 60, if I want to get to 62, or I want to get to 65, then I got to push 58. I got to try and push 58 twice. I got to try and put 58 three times. Then I'll go and check. Can I push 60? I can push 60. Now, can I push 60.5? I can push 60.5. Good. Then I now need to push my 58 uh, reps to 59 and a half or 58 and a half. You got to go near the envelope. Because when you go near the envelope, when you go near the limit, your body will adapt to that pressure. Say, okay, I need to grow the stuff we need to be able to handle this 58. It's a fail-safe mechanism the body uses. So you have to take advantage of that. It's just it's the same thing in the astronauts in space. Hey, look, man, there's no gravity, so the body will just give up. Hey, I don't need all this stuff. See, the human body is not static. It's, it's like It's like, it's dynamic. Everything that is happening to us now is triggering a whole bunch of things in our body. Gravity is triggering things. When you, you jump on the floor, pyometrics is triggering. When you jog, it's triggering things. If you, if you do too many different kinds of things that causes too many different kinds of adaptations, you get nothing. Yeah. Speaking about that dynamism, yeah. how, how, so how bad is jogging for athletes in explosive sports? So all the sports we just talked about, sprinting yeah. in track and field, yeah. soccer, uh, okay. American football. These are how, sports how, where see, sprint, how, yeah. recover, sprint, recover, sprint, recover. How, how long are you jogging for? And why are you jogging? Because if you jog long enough to cause an adaptation, what is the adaptation you are getting? You are building more red muscle fibers. You are building more fibers that can absorb oxygen. You don't need any of that to sprint. You need the opposite. So if you are doing long runs to the point where your body starts adapting to it, you're killing your athlete. Now, if you are doing it for short-term gains, like more capillarization, you know, because if you, if you develop more, more access to fuel from your veins and all, you know, if you develop more of that, it helps you recover from stuff. So if you are 
if you are doing runs long enough not to cause an adaptation, but just long enough for you to trigger the body into breathing in and passing things and circulating, that's all fine and dandy. That's nice. But I see some people running till they drop. I see. What, 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 what would be that magic distance? What is it like a mile? And some people, some people do it at the start, right? Where they say, okay, they do that. If they have a program, they do that at the beginning to build up aerobic capacity. Yeah. Um, from what I've heard, and yeah. then they later on they stop. So after I, I, like, I, yeah, yeah. So so that's old school thinking. That's like I said, how they trained in the sixties and eighties. Yeah. So we'll put it this way: if there's an exercise you start doing in September, and you do it all the way up to November, you get mm -hmm. pretty good at it. Then you mm -hmm. stop and start doing something else in June. If you go back to that exercise, you'll suck at it. Got it. So what's the point? <laughs> if you're going to stop, yeah. you stop the aerobic training, you do it early season, you stop. And then you start doing something else. After three, four months, it's gone. You don't have that aerobic capacity anymore. So what was the point? Yeah. Once again, there might be a point, there might be a reason. But I will ask the question, why are you doing this? You tell me, oh, we're doing it to build aerobic capacity. And I'll ask you, aerobic capacity for what? There might be an explanation. There might be a reason. I would just like to hear it. I don't, I don't, there are certain things, there are a lot of things I don't understand. I'll just ask, why are we doing this? Why do you want to go this route? So that's, that's, that's how I try to, um, at least that's how I try to reason through programs. I took this course with the United States Track and Field Cross Country Coaching Association. Spoke to, had access to top, top coaches like Vince Anderson, uh, uh, Tommy Badon, um, old boy from LSU, Bushik Snyder. You know, I was able to pick their brains and ask them this why does this work this way? Why, does, why do we do this? Why do we do that? And they were very, very interesting answers. And the bottom line is, and they, they basically confirmed that, if you can't answer the question as to why you are doing this, don't do it. Don't do it. If there's, if Why are you doing this? If there's no answer forthcoming, don't do it. Less is more. He pointed me to, Bushek Snyder pointed me to um, some research that showed uh, paraplegics, not paraplegics, but people who are paralyzed, leg down or muscles, their muscles are mostly white fiber. Wow. Do you know why? Yeah, they no never use it though. No adaptation yeah. to any aerobic thing. So all this walking around we do, just the walking around we do alone guarantees we will have some percentage of red muscle fiber because we just were just adapting to it that's just how that's just how the world is so if you get uh cheetahs fastest animal in the world go look at them in the world what do they do sprint sleep they don't they don't jog no they don't jog man they sprint and then they sleep sprint and they sprint for what 20 seconds max if they don't catch it they're like ah forget it try again next day sprint sleep 
eat, sleep, rest, recover, do it again. Yeah. Essentially, it's, it's an interesting thing. I think it, it's tough for a lot of people, coaches, to get out of that old school mindset of, oh, we're yep. going to just run, like like I mentioned, like the 100 yards by 25. Okay. We, yeah, we need to be conditioned. You have to be able to go for yeah. the full game. You know, when it gets to the fourth quarter, you have to be able to play. So we're going to do 100 yards 25 times with a minute recovery in between. Yeah, it's it's hard yeah. to shake up what you believe. Because, like I said, just like with the Newton thing, within the, within the small scope of what you are trying to do, it will work. It will produce some results. You will see results. So it's yeah. very difficult for, for a lot of people to say, look, there's a better way to do this. They like to stay with what they know, you know. But then, like I always say, I, I, like I try to say, hey, listen, let's look at the amount of people that run nine seconds today, and compare that to the amount of people that were running nine seconds yesterday. We have a lot more people running nine seconds today. The question is, why? Why? What are they doing differently? And if you go into the programs, go check. Go into the programs where you have that are producing a lot of high-level athletes. They sprint, they rest. That's it. They sprint, they rest. Then they have other things to help augment the sprinting. The weight training has specific purpose. We know why we are lifting heavy. We know why we are lifting light. We know why we are doing this exercise. We know why we are doing that exercise. Now, even when you have a very decent program, there's still almost no guarantees because we're dealing with human beings here. Yeah. You have some human beings that go to nightclub every freaking day. You know, you have some people that just eat poorly and don't sleep and don't recover. You know, even with, when you do everything right, you're dealing with people, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, so I mean, with, with the, with the strength training and plyometrics associated with it, I think, you know, we talked about the the, the 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 lifting weight in terms of the squats and the plyometrics. What about the hamstring piece, right? Because you have to have extremely strong hamstrings, and I'm talking from my experience so, as someone who's pulled my hamstring. So it depends. The, the, the it, it, it depends. Time. It depends on your sprint technique. Now, if when your foot lands on the ground. It is too far in front of you. You're mm -hmm. going to put a lot of pressure on your hamstrings. If when your foot is about to come off the floor, it is too far behind you, you're going to put a lot of work on your hamstrings to, to, to curl your leg back under you. But isn't that a function of the kind of body type you have? If you're taller, then likelihood is your foot is going to be either far ahead of you or nope. behind you. Nope. It's, it's, it's a skill like anything. You have to be taught to sprint properly. You want to get your foot down under you with every stride. Straight up, straight down. Straight up, the more force you can put into the ground, the faster you would go. Back in the day, they taught athletes to do this. Yeah. Now we know that's not right. You do this. And the direction of, this is the floor, the direction of the force, when your foot lands on the ground, yeah. is in the wrong direction. And then Newton told us, 
action and action and reaction equal an opposite force so if your foot lands in front of you that means with every step there's a force pushing you backwards with every step you take so you do that 50 times you can imagine how much deceleration you've added into your in, into your sprinting already so you want it ideally straight down directly under you now since you are already moving forward the resultant force is in this direction so if you put if you put like a a, a button on the center of gravity of any top athlete you see their motion looks like this up and down up and down the only time you accelerate is when your foot is on the ground when your foot is off the ground the only force acting on you is wind resistance so while your foot is off the ground you are slowing down when your foot hits the ground again you are accelerating your foot gets off the ground you are slowing down so the goal is when you go from this foot on the ground to this foot on the ground you want this speed here to be at the very least equal to the previous speed if not you don't change any velocity so that's another thing that happens once you get to top speed you get to top speed what is happening now is the speed here is equal to the speed here so you're just running at the same speed and then once fatigue sets in the speed here starts becoming less than the next one and you start to decelerate as well well most of the times not really fatigue in, in 100 meters there's a combination of the electric energy system is depleted or loss of coordination you know, your your hand up foot down coordination has skewed by zero point something somewhere and then you start losing speed as well Mm -hmm. so you're saying it's not so much a, it's not so much a function of uh you know strength of the hamstrings or it is but it's also more important in terms of the angle at which you're the, hit. Uh, yeah the angle at which you're <clears> hitting <throat> the floor i don't care how strong your hamstrings are if you're constantly hitting the floor at the wrong angle it's just a matter of time before it pops i see now if you have very strong hamstrings then you are less likely to have it pop this is that's true that's normal that's that that makes sense but the the main reason is poor mechanics so stronger hamstring what role do they play then because okay. uh, as you as you mentioned to me before i know you work on making sure your athletes have uh yep. very strong hamstrings so what role do they play in in in, in achieving faster times okay so this is how it is remember how i said when your foot is off the ground you are slowing down so the aim is to try and get your foot back on the ground as quickly as possible right mm -hmm. you want to get you want to get your foot back on as quickly as possible off the ground now when your leg is in when your leg is in this angle yeah right your leg is at this angle you want to get your leg off the ground see what muscle yeah. is contract what muscle is contracted your hamstrings for the back Bam. leg yeah that's it so you get good powerful explosive hamstrings you can get your leg up really quick and if you can get your leg up really quick you are more prepared to slam it down really quick yeah so it's almost a reflex action right so the faster i can slam this leg down the quicker i can get my leg off the ground so it's I almost see. a reflex action. It's not a function of me actually flexing my hamstring to make my leg come up. It's more of 
because this leg is slamming down very fast, it causes a reflection on this side for my leg to flip up forward quickly. Yeah. And, and then <clears throat> that means when you do do, for instance, if you're doing hamstring curls, you have to do it fast. You have to mimic. So, okay. So that, right. Because you can't just lift slow and yeah, yeah, okay. Because you're talking so about contraction the, very fast, yeah, right? Contraction. Yeah. But the issue is, or, or the main thing is, okay. So the leg is coming up fast and it curls up here. Then you're going to open it up mm -hmm. and it's going to suddenly stop. Bah! Right. So it's yeah. going to come up fast and then it's going to suddenly stop. Bah! Mm -hmm. Okay. So you need a lot of eccentric concept, uh, eccentric training. Okay. So like, for instance, you take a heavy weight on your hamstring and you let it down really slowly. Pull it up fast. Yeah, I see. Let it down really slowly. Pull it up fast. So work like that will be more suited for sprinting. You can get better adaptation or better crossover from the weight training to sprinting with those kinds of exercises. Another good one is those godforsaken Nordic curls. <laughs> those things are hard. Yeah. Oh, I look at my athletes. I feel sorry for them, but I make them do it. So and it's, know, not, it's not just, just it's not just your hamstrings, also your glutes. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, yeah. you hold on to the legs or attach the legs to something, then they hold as much as possible while they're falling down. You get up, then you push off the ground and pull yourself up. Hold as much as you're possible, going all the way down, slow it down, land. You push yourself up. I don't have any athletes yet that can just go down and come up. I take that back. Akira can. Your son he, can? Yeah, he can. He can. He can actually go down, use his lips, pick up something and come back up. Wow. Yeah. So he's... He, but then he, he, we, he, we got lucky in the sense that I was able to get him from his training group when he was 14 into my group. Because the way the system works here is kind of different. Yeah. The, the training methods are by age, and I mean age, birth age, not training age. Because there's a difference between birth age and training age. You can get a kid who is 12 years old and has been training for four years. Yeah. And then you can get a kid who is 16 years old and just started training. Both of them can't do the same thing. The kid who has been training for four years is more advanced. Correct. You'll be able to handle more things. Yeah. You know? And then the other day, I, was, I, I saw this uh, paper on on uh, what at what times in your life are you more responsive to adaptations from physical pressure and one big window was between age 11 and age 15 which is basically really? yeah during puberty said so at that time speed power strength you are very very susceptible very big adaptations at that point. So if you begin to put young children through that at that point, the gains are massive. Mm -hmm. You can get those massive gains. And, you know, they, 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 a lot of people, a lot of coaches, as I, from what I've seen, really miss that window. And for me, once you miss that window, you've put a cap on how fast that athlete can ever become. And no matter then, how, and that, and, yeah, and that applies to not just uh, track and field. That applies to other sports too. That window, no, no, yeah. in terms it's, of... it's, it's speed and power. It's a speed and power window. So if your mm -hmm. event needs speed and power, 
That's that's where it has to be. You got to do it then. You know, if not, it's it's just a cap. Not that the athlete should be a bad athlete, but it's a cap. And and for me, the best way to see that is looking at world class athletes. There's this saying: just because you're a world class junior athlete doesn't mean you become a world class senior athlete. That's very true. There's a correlation though, but that is very true. But I am not interested in that. What I'm interested in is being a world-class athlete. And the question is, how did that person become a world-class athlete? So you start with the world-class athlete and then you trace backwards. And what you find, there is no world-class athlete that was not a world junior class athlete. None. Nobody who was a mediocre junior class athlete is going to suddenly wake up between the ages of 20 and 24 and become a world-class athlete. Doesn't work you can't be running 11 seconds when you're 20 <coughs> years old. And then when you're 22, 23, you're going to run 9-8. That window has closed. So in terms of getting an athlete faster in any sport, essentially, during that window, if you're able to do that kind of training during that window, then the cap or, or, or the athlete's potential. top potential for it gets much higher. It goes up. So basically, you you give the athlete a better chance at becoming this top athlete. Yeah. It still doesn't mean you will get there. Correct. The other factors, but, though. Yeah. yeah. But for sure, if you don't do that, you are not getting there. If you don't yeah. do that, you are not getting there. Especially, no in the of, especially in the area of speed and power. Speed right? and power. Yeah. If you if yeah. you don't if you don't have it when you are a junior. Where is it going to come from? Your body has stopped producing or has started reducing the amount of these hormones that you need. So your body is not producing as much as it was. So how are you getting the adaptation? Where, where, where is it coming from? Yeah, valid point. Yep, that's, that's, at least from what the science shows, that's just how it works. No, but even at that age, even for in terms of just skill development too, when you look at the whole thing, athletes that's where they really start to put a lot of emphasis into mm-hmm. boosting their skill. You know, yes, some athletes they'll learn before the age of 10, but at that point yeah. it's different. But once they get to that point, they really, they, they ramp everything up. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, that's an interesting point. Mm-hmm. Well, so this, this whole drama with Toby Amosun setting the new 110 meter record, what's, what's your, what are your thoughts about that? And people getting a, okay. Getting okay, upset so, with Michael Johnson for making the so, comments that she okay. was windated and you know the time needs to be investigated, whatever so, the hoopla was all about. This is how I always address whenever there's drama. I always have to remind myself or recognize, just the word recognize, that we live an, in an era where drama is monetized. Mm-hmm. That's first things first. So the question becomes, what I'm looking at or what I'm hearing, is it really drama? Is it really drama? This girl was, she has been getting to world championship finals and top, she has been a top, top, when I say top five, top 10 athlete, top, no, the top 10 is a bit of a, top 10 might be selling her short. I would say she has been a top five sprinter for the past three, four years. She's Mm -hmm. in my opinion, bona fide world-class, world-class athlete. Michael Johnson himself tipped her to win. Said, look, don't sleep on this girl, man. She doesn't play. 
She's very tidy. She's very consistent. If anybody shakes a little bit, man, she can take this. Okay? Now, hurdling and sprinting are not exactly the same. When you are hurdling, there are so many things that can go wrong that slow you down. You jump over, you, you go too close to the hurdle, you end up jumping up instead of over. You do that 10 times, you can lose half a second. You feel me? Mm -hmm. Okay? You do it five times, you can lose 0 0.2 seconds. Right? You don't do it at all. They were talking about gaining half a second. So you have Tobi Musa, somebody who she's very tidy already. She doesn't look particularly very strong, you know? But then on this given day, she doesn't make a single mistake. 12-1 is not out of the realm for any of those athletes. If you just have a perfect race, boom, you run 12-1. That's, that's, so for me, there's nothing amazing there. What Michael Johnson, from what I gather when I heard him say it, what he was worried about was in the semi-final, somebody crossed the line at 12-5, I think it was her, then they corrected it to 12-4. And he was like, that's strange. Normally when they correct time, 0 0.01, 0 0.03, but a whole tenth of a second seems big. Maybe the equipment is malfunctioning. Then they get to semi-finals, and in that heat, national record, national record, PB, PB, world record, He's like, hey, hold up. We need to verify this time is correct before we start so, shouting world record. So people across the board, right? Mm -hmm. it, it wasn't just her. They all ran. Ah, PB, go, go look at it. PB, national record, national record, PB, PB. It was a blistering race. Come on, old girl was in there. What's her name? Former world record holder. She bossed 12 too. Hmm. Everybody ran fast, you know? Now, does that mean there was something wrong with the time? No. But is it okay to say, oh, everybody, before we start jubilating, let's make sure they are not just going to suddenly wind this down to 12.3 or 12.4. From what I understood when I was listening to him, that's what he's in the business. I'm in the business. So I understand. You see, you, sometimes you see amazing times and you, you're like, what? How did this happen? Are you sure the clock is right? It happens. It's, it's, for me, that's all that happened there. That's all that happened there. Finals came, she runs 12-0. So, what do you want to say? Yes, it's a 2.5 win, but 2.5, that ain't nothing. It's a 2.5 win, okay. But she runs 12-0, so okay, we, we know it's bona fide. She's that fast. That's it. But all he did was, hey, before we start jubilating, let's, you know, make sure everything was kosher. You know? Now, yeah. if the argument was, what? Would he have said the same thing if it was Keddie Harrison that ran 12-1? I don't think he would have said the same thing. Now, I don't believe he would have said the same thing, not because Toby is Nigerian and Kenny is American, but because Kenny has run 12-2. And 12-2 is not too far from 12-1. Toby was running 12-4, and then she ran 12-1. So... For me, there's a very, very, how should I put it? It's a logical question to ask. Are we sure the time is correct? It's, it's a logical question to ask. I don't believe he meant anything by it. I don't believe there was any malice involved. He just saw an amazing time. And he just saw a hit with only amazing times. And he was like, hey, the hit before, there was something funny with the time. 
Are we sure that's not the same thing happening here? That's all. I don't. For me, it's manufactured drama. <laughs> drama. People can. You just make one video and talk about how Michael Johnson doesn't like Africans. You go and get your likes. You get your clicks. You pocket your money. You go and buy ice cream. That's what I. That's that, that's what's happening here, man. That's what's up. <clears throat> people out there making money from drama. I don't blame them. I, I ain't knocking them. Hey, man, it's not against the law. I ain't knocking you, man. You want to make money from drama? By all means, make money from drama. It's That's the world we live in now. You know? Maybe, I don't know if it's a good thing. It might teach people to be more precise with their words. It might teach people to be more eloquent in the way they speak. Or, 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 or maybe people just need to be more objective and listen to what people are saying. You know, at the end of the you know, day, yeah, it's... it's, it's, it's his job, his job as yeah. an analyst is to yeah. analyze. You know, yeah. you, you can't listen. I've, I've watched soccer games or American football games and I listen to analysts go off about it. I'm like, what are you talking about? You know, I don't agree with them all the time, yeah. but yeah. that's what they were hired for. And a lot of times these guys like Michael Johnson have decades of experience behind their belt. Man. It is what it is. Yeah. And, but, I, but you know what? She shot the critics up. She went out there in the final, won it set a world record won it big big she, won, Case she, 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 she ran away with it man no look i so that's, that's all that matters what right what there. what what the only thing the only concern i have is if she also took part in the drama which i didn't see her do that no, i like didn't. about it i didn't she, see i didn't see any comment she man, made that she, she she did big girl for the situation hats off that's that's how big girl act like you've been here before kind of behavior yeah i like yeah. that that was awesome so and I think the reason why is she also understands whenever you have shocking times like that, questions come up. It's not till today, Flojo's 100 meters record. We are still questioning it till today. Yeah, she's not Nigerian, she's an American. Yeah, she has been given the record, she has been given the record, but most enthusiasts, most analysts in the sport don't really consider that to be the world record. So, speak, I don't want to tarnish flojo's name though um but drugs and track and field mm -hmm. testosterone uh stanazonol <laughs> what, what other names are out there right all, all these the, things all, all the all, all the alls yes there are people that have written books that have said if you take the drugs out right you have to rewrite or you have to change all the world records or throw all of them out there are some people that believe, hands down, that there is no way on this planet human beings would run sub-10 without the use of PED, PEDs, performance-enhancing drugs, right? You know, what you've obviously, I know you've experienced it, you competed against people when you were in SC2As and all that kind of stuff. You've seen it. What are your thoughts about that? Is it possible? Can a guy be clean and bust... This is what yeah. I'll say. This is what I'll say. Yes, there are people out there doing drugs. Yes, there are people out there running clean. Why is 10 seconds for 100 meters some special thing? It's just an arbitrary distance and an arbitrary time. What makes it, if somebody runs 9.5, we suspect it's on drugs. If somebody runs 11.5, oh, they're running naturally. Why? What, what is it about running nine seconds for 100 meters that makes anybody think this is some magnificent feat 
that cannot be done by human beings. That's my take. What is so special about 10 seconds and 100 meters? What's so special about it? There was a time when 12 seconds was the fastest anybody had run. If you put me back in that time, I'm the world record holder by two seconds or a second and a half. Mm-hmm. So what 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 makes it so... Why is 10 seconds and 9 seconds this magical time everybody is using as some kind of marker? If you run faster than this, you're juicing. Okay? Why? What is it you know that I don't know that makes you think nobody can run this time? Somebody once told me a Chinese man will never break 10 seconds. I'm like, it's happened, it's happened why? Now. Yeah. What What is it about 10 seconds that does, do, does 10 seconds know what race you are? So the ten second gods know you are Chinese. Uh, what was what is what exactly is it about hundred meters and ten seconds? What is it? What is what is the thing there? Why are we sticking to it? Why is that something special? Why? Why is it something special? Why, what makes anybody think it's not possible? If you do the math, there's nothing in our muscular structure and muscle muscular power output that says we can't do it. Nothing. There's nothing in it that says we can't. So, are there people so, using so, drugs? Yes. So you subscribe to the fact that when you have that final eight in the Olympic hundred meter finals, right? Mm-hmm. You, we can't convict anyone until you test positive. test positive. There is nothing on this right. planet that demonstrates what they are doing is not possible. Nothing. If you can demonstrate it with math and physics, and biology, and chemistry, then shit, there's no need for drug tests. The minute you run 9-5, just bust them. Hey, you're cheating. If not, we just do that. Just like what they do with the reaction time. They say, oh, nobody can react faster than 0.1 seconds. My boy, Devin Allen, or not my boy, I don't know him personally, but I like the way he runs. Devin Allen, 110-meter hurdler. He signed to go and play football recently. Yankee boy. Mm Mm-hmm. The boy took off. Say 0.99. You're out. Did you take off before the gun? No. But nobody can have a reaction time faster than 0.1. That's bullshit. That's BS. That is BS. Biology alone will tell you that's BS. We are talking about a diversity of human beings. There is no way you can tell me there's nobody on this planet especially in a niche sport like track and field that actively filters out the most reactive people on the planet that you can't find somebody who will go under 0.1 in reaction time you're gonna have to show me the studies that you've done that i I saw the studies it was some bs they took some athletes this weren't even world-class athletes and it wasn't even a large sample and then they did some tests and did an average and said this is the limit That thing needs to be revised. It's nonsense. As far as I'm concerned, they should find a different way of timing. Maybe, uh, maybe basically, if uh, if if you if you push on the blocks before the gun goes off, then the gun doesn't go off. <laughs> but it's it, it's interesting. Don't you think they should? They haven't changed. Um... 
the technology behind that, or maybe they have, and I don't know. Not really. It's, it's still the same principle. They haven't really... So there's, there's nothing tied to the blocks that... No, no, you have stuff tied to the blocks. So he did not take off before the gun was fired. What they said was his reaction time after the gun was fired was too quick. <laughs> so what they're saying is, even though he didn't take off before the gun was fired, he started pushing on the blocks before he heard it. That's what they're saying. Wow. That's what they're saying, that he started pushing on the blocks before he heard it. You know? I would like them to demonstrate that that is the case. I don't believe that is the case. Yeah. And if you just take it back to the instance of drug use or PEDs. Yeah. It's interesting. You're saying, you're saying Bolt never got busted and listen... Or never, there's no evidence that he used drugs. And Mar he ran Mario the Jones. best. Mario but they Jones busted. Never, Didn't they she, bust out? She was just she, implicated in the Balco she was, case. She was implicated in the Balco case, got into FBI trouble, and then confessed. But she, she admitted never, it. She, had, yeah, she, she admitted, admitted it. it. She admitted yeah. it. But then she, she was never busted. So we know there are druggies out there. We know. And maybe they but, perfected the art of, of of not getting caught in the system. No, no, okay. Is that possible? Because Victor Conte, right? Uh, Balco, he says they're all juicing. Yeah, see, I would say this is what I would say people who cheat by definition yeah. have to be ahead of testers. If not, you catch everybody who cheats. So the people who cheat have to be ahead. Mm -hmm. They have better chemicals, better this. This thing is expensive. So it's not any Tom Dick and Harry that can get into it. Where does that saying come from? Tom Dick and Harry, anyway. What, what, whatever. <laughs> I don't know who Tom is. I don't know who Dick is. I don't know who Harry is. But man, whoever they were, man, they must it have caused trouble. Listen, it has to be British. <laughs> they must there's have no caused trouble. There's they no must way have anyone been... else but these Brits came up with that. They must have been causing some major mayhem in some era some somewhere. Serious to wahala. Totally labeled in every conversation. Not any Tom Dick and Harry can do this. Anyway, so so that's what it is. This this these things are there, set because they, they certainly because they, they they catch people doing it. But for now, at least as of now, the only thing we can do is retroactively punish people. We catch you, we punish you. But until you can demonstrate that these times are not possible, you can't just indict anybody and everybody who runs fast, saying no. they must be on drugs. We can't do that because these people work hard. Yeah, They work hard. And to just take it all away from them by accusing them of drugs is patently unfair. It's unfair. You can't do that to these athletes. You know? No. So that is why... I'm for very severe punishments for when you catch drug dealers. But well, I said drug dealers, drug 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 cheats. Drug cheats. By by bonds, by bonds never tested positive. He never tested sport. positive. Yeah. They, hey, we didn't get him. We didn't get him. I've had that he debate did. with so many people. And they're like, hey. oh, he's, I said he never tested positive. Bro. It's what it is, man. Yeah, you can man. believe but... all you like. We run on a system where you are innocent until proven guilty. It's what we've got. It's not perfect, but that's what we got. We got to stick to it until you find a better way you know yeah. until we find a better way me what i think is more important rather than shouting tooth and nail about who is or who isn't taking drugs we keep the drug programs going the testing the out of competition testing we keep that going because that's the best we have for now but what i would say we should do 
spend more time educating young children about their potential. I know many people here, many, many white Swiss kids that believe they can't sprint fast because they are white. <laughs> they believe that. And I'm like, so how do you explain Christophe Lomet? Then some of them will say, oh, maybe he's doing drugs. I said, well, if you want to say that about Lomet, you have to say that about everybody else. And if you're going to say it about everybody else, then you might as well not say it. But what, yeah. what, what I mean, why do you think that is the case? See how because black people are fast. If you see that in, in, in all the finals, it's always black people there. I said, have you noticed it's always the same people? And then they freeze. <laughs> I said, those people you are looking at are faster than everybody, everybody. on the planet. <laughs> they are faster than black people. They are faster than they are faster than everybody. So it's not because they are black, it's because they are fast. That's why they're there. It's the same people you see in the Diamond League every year. It's the same people you see in the Olympics. And then when they die off or when they get old and they fall off, you get another crop of the same people for another 10 years. 100%. The same, the same people keep beating everybody. Where is the... where? where why come we don't have 500 people running 9-5? Where, where are the 500 black people that should just be running 9-5? Nigeria, the most populous country in the world. Okay. Why, why aren't we just running nine seconds anyhow in Nigeria? We're all black. <laughs> Say, okay, well, the system is not good. The, they're, they're, not, they're, they're hungry. They're this. True. Let's go into the NCAA. How many Nigerian sprinters do you have there? Why aren't all of them kicking ass? We got a few good ones. Yeah. Just the same way in the black Americans, we've got a few good ones. If you go to Jamaica, there are a few good ones. It's not as if the entire island is running 9-5. Of course not. It's, yeah. it's, it's, a, it's a function of, you know, you have the trained and the untrained. Yeah. That's what it comes it's, down to. It is the it's same the thing same everywhere. Thing. Everywhere. You go. It's like a pyramid. You have a very small percentage flying like only God knows why they fly that fast. And then you have everybody else. Facts. Everybody else. That's it. You have those magical human beings, mutants, as somebody called them on the internet. Uh. The guy said they are mutants. It's only a matter of time before we find the X gene. He said he's not interested <laughs> in all this. I have to find that video. The guy said he's not interested in all this bullshit talk about red fiber, white fiber. He said BS. It's X gene. X gene is in some people. If you have the X gene, you fly. If you don't, you don't. That's it. He was convinced that all these Olympians are just mutants, period. So, I don't know what he has experienced, but that's how he sees it. He was not interested in the whole black-white thing. He's like, it's mutants. He's convinced. He's convinced. It's mutants. X-Men. It's X-Men all over the place. That's what he sees. He's not interested in, <laughs> he's not interested in all this, oh, you train here, you train there. Nah, man. If you're a mutant, you're a mutant. That's it. No, but that's, that's, that's a good point. I mean, it's just people create those self-imposed... Yeah stereotypes it, yeah. that they use to try to justify reasons why they shouldn't do stuff or why yeah. they should do stuff right yeah. but at the end of the day look man it it all comes down to that and you're right some people use the ped explanation to try to write off the accomplishments of sprint athletes yeah. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. oh they're all juicing oh, they're all on yeah. drugs they, if they took the drugs out there won't be any world record so you hear that uh, you hear that narrative and you're like really why are you saying that and yeah. you give examples like well you're saying bolts never busted or you think you're saying bolts not juicing just because he wasn't caught i'm like yeah 
<laughs> he's not choosing. He wasn't caught. Auntie, you got that... you, man. I'm sorry. Yeah. Auntie, yeah, you got you. You can't, you can't say someone is doing something where they've tested the person. And time after time, he's passed. He's pa- Look, man, it is what you, it is. You just can't say, oh, it's, you know, it, he's juicing. It's crazy, it man. Is, but that's... It is what it is. I, I, I just, I seriously, I, I just, now, there was a time in my life where I was hell-bent on the cause for fighting. Uh, oh, this person is on drugs. That person is on drugs. This person is on drugs. But then I started learning about how how these drugs actually work in your system anyway. And I was like, okay, it doesn't make you a superhero. You can take all the drugs you want. If you don't train, nothing's going to happen. Yeah. So then I was like, okay, if that is the case, then it simply means we you can achieve all these things without drugs. You might not do it as quickly. You might not be able to sustain it as long. And you... you but I didn't see anything that would stop you from actually achieving it. I don't see, at least I don't, I don't see, I'm not an expert. Maybe someone can educate me more and I'll be like, oh, okay, it's true. But with the little I know now, I don't see anything that is stopping you from being a world-class athlete. Nothing in our physical nature, our physical, naturally, nothing. I don't see it because at the end of the day, all the drugs do is replace hormones that you, your body isn't producing anymore to facilitate recovery. Correct. The drugs don't make your muscle contract faster. They don't make your muscles stronger. They don't make you more flexible. They, all they do in general is facilitate recovery. So you recover quicker, you recover better, you can train more. So you can arrive at that world-class status quicker. That doesn't mean you can't arrive at that world-class status. Mm, good so point. I fi- yeah, so I find it, I, I, I've let, for me, I've let all these drug arguments leave my mind. I don't occupy myself with it anymore. I just look at the World Athletic uh, Federation. I look up to them to try and enforce, you know, as many protocols as possible to keep the sport as clean as possible. But I would rather right now they start putting efforts into the minds of these young children and stop convincing them that they can't do this or can't do that. I can't beat a Kenyan. They run forever. Have you been to Kenya? Do you think everybody in Kenya can run? You think it's everybody in Kenya that can just (coughs) run and, and run fast? If not, won't it only be Kenyans in in, in, in every track meet? Only Kenyans will be there now. Yeah, it's just, it's just, um... it's, it's just some. Just there's there's this region that crosses the border of Kenya, I think Ethiopia and some other place. There was a tradition for centuries where you run down an antelope. And for, Somalia. Yeah, for four Somalia. days you you yeah. run this animal down until it dies of exhaustion. And then when you do that, you bring it back to your village and you're the man. You know what that means? You get all the babes. You know what that means? Your genes get passed on more than the guys who couldn't run down the damn antelope. And you in that region for centuries, I think till today, that practice is still there. I think I might have to fact check that uh, to be sure. But over 90% of the distance champions come from that region yeah 
Now, that region is not one country. It's, it's there's a bunch of countries that around that region. So I'll, I'll fact check myself again to make sure. But a, a large percentage of the champions come from that region. At one point, they were saying, oh, it's because of the high altitude there. And I was like, yeah, yeah it's, uh... Mexico is at a higher altitude. I don't see anybody in Mexico winning that thing. So yeah. it's adaptation, I think, once again, for, for centuries, there has been some sort of natural selection in that area that has been selecting those people who are able to run down this antelope. Now, one sticking point in that <clears throat> culture, um, somebody might say, okay, well, it was men that were doing that. How come the women in that area can also run fast? I say, well, welcome to genetics. I can pass my gene to a guy or a girl. So if I have those genes that enable me to run that fast, I have mm -hmm. children, my daughter can get it, my son can get it. No biggie. So sure. that could that could explain that. That could. And then um, there was another one I was researching. Uh, if you check the fastest people in the world come from the Western Hemisphere, the Black Western Hemisphere, so Jamaica, USA, those were the fast. So some people say it's technology, it's knowledge, it's training. I think if you see how, like how I explain, how training is about adaptation, how, how you can recover from a certain amount of attrition. And for 300 years, they were picking people from West Coast of Africa and putting them through one hell of a journey. And the people who survived that journey were the ones with the ability to recover from that kind of treatment. Because a lot of them died on the journey. 100%. So those who were able to survive are those who have the physical ability to recover very well from that kind of physical trauma. Physically stronger so ones. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's very possible that on that side of the planet, there is a larger pool of people that are able to recover from this kind of training, a more concentrated pool of people that can recover from this sort of training than everywhere else in the world. Now, that doesn't mean those people aren't everywhere else in the world. They're just not concentrated in one place. Yeah, it's possible. Yeah. So, it's possible. It's a good theory. Penny, it's possible. Yeah, that was another one I was... I, was, <coughs> I saw some, some research on it. It's, it's, it's a possibility that that's... So, it's not a black thing. There was a nice filtering system that selected a bunch of people that can recover very well from this kind of this kind of thing. If you yeah. can find them, because even if you look in Nigeria, where are the sprinters in the south? Yeah. So it doesn't mean it doesn't mean, it doesn't mean there are any it, there are not any sprinters yeah. in the north. It well, doesn't mean they are not. They could correct. just be concentrated there. Concentrated there, and and, and <clears throat> there's more involvement into sport in of general course, by the, yeah by the yeah. time you start adding all the other yeah there, there are a lot of factors man yeah when you really look yeah. at it like for instance like yeah. i'll give you an example i was looking at something that had to do with the netherlands i think 
and they were explaining the number of young people that get involved in soccer. Mm-hmm. This and and it was I forgot the actual number, but it was I'll give an example. Like let's say they'll say fifteen for every hundred children, right, are, mm-hmm. are involved in soccer. That number was significantly high, right? So essentially, what what that means is they go through the population and really scour for the talent that they need because they all go through a program, majority of the kids. So at the end of the day, they're going to be able to filter out the, the, the kids that come out on top and they end up producing a really good soccer national team and they have good leagues as well, right? So all that factors in. But when you look at it and you compare it to like, I was talking about Nigeria, for instance, you don't have that same number per 100 because what happens is there aren't enough programs. Kids don't participate in the same programs enough. The league is is, is very disorganized and that's, and that's putting it mildly. So you don't have a, that system for the talented kids to go through. And that's that account, and even though the population, I mean, Lagos alone has more population than the whole of yeah. Netherlands. You know, so if you if you think about it, it's not just um, so it's it's a lot of things. But you're right, though. Yeah. A lot of times, uh, what you've gone through, and then those genes get passed down through generations, uh-huh. um, down the road, they still retain those genes, and those people are able to do certain things that yeah, a lot of people. Yeah. Sure. It's a valid point. My, yeah, my 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 go-to thing was always look in primary school. If you told all the kids in primary school to run hundred meters. The, this, the gap between the first kid and the last kid is enormous. It's, it's not as if everybody runs and crosses the line at the same time. You can see, in 100 meters, you can see almost 40, 30 meters gap between the first yeah. kid and the last kid. Yeah. So human beings are very, very physically diverse. Yeah. Very, 100%. very. So to find that person with the physical attributes you are looking for, that if you put this person through a good program with adequate recovery, will bust 9-5. It's, it's very difficult to find. But then yeah. if you had some selection mechanism that selected for these people, as brutal as it was, select people who are able to recover, and then you now start picking from that pool, you will find these nine-second guys quicker. Yeah, it's possible. Yeah. So I, it's just, I we're, we're, never, we're never going to be in that position to do the test. So... <laughs> Yeah, that's ah. that's but it's possible. It's a good theory. Ah. It is possible. I don't even think we want to try it, man. In this environment, <laughs> they will come for you hard. You get cancelled faster you be, than homework. You be you be cancelled tomorrow. Yesterday, nah, man. Man. done. Yeah, no, so, but yeah, you have to be careful in the society. What you say, what you do. Yes, but my man, definitely nice having you on. Uh, all day. This was fun, man. All day, all day. We need to, we need but, to get more track people on. Talk yeah, about we'll, we'll, we'll try and do this again. We um, should. This would be cool. What, what am I trying? What I was actually thinking, I was trying to start something like this for Kailani and her friends, try and get them busy to start a YouTube channel where they interview athletes and interview coaches. It's It's been a struggle to get them up and running, man. They don't man, kids, to... man, listen. Eh, if, they, if, they're not, if they're not going to go about it, just let it be. Because <laughs> what will happen yeah. is. You start it and then you end up maintaining the entire thing. Yeah. But no, so it's, it's, cool. It's, no, it'd be cool. It's always fun it'd when you cool. can get people with different yeah. levels of. Oh, guess who I bumped into? 
Atletica Genève. Uh, is this, is this a big track mate we have in Geneva? Mm-hmm. Brosti from Stadium. Remember Brosti? Mm-hmm. He's, he's actually a coach now in Saudi Arabia. No way. Yeah, bumped into. I was just walking down. I was like, "Hey, bro," <coughs> and then he froze. Like, ah, boy, London. And then we laughed, and then we talked a bit, and it was pretty cool. He coaches bro- in Saudi Arabia. Yeah, man, he's in Saudi Arabia, man. Oh I saw a post of his on Facebook recently. One of his athletes just ran nine nine, so it's pretty good. You have to send me send me his info, man. I'll reach out to him. He, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. He'll be good to come on here. Yeah, no, it'd be fun to have him on. He coaches in Saudi Arabia, and he yeah, has a nine nine athlete. Yeah, I just saw it recently. I didn't. I'll send it. I'll try and find him on Facebook again. I'll I'll PM him. I'll give him. I'll give him your your, your details. Nah, it'd be fun to have him on. Wow. Yeah, in touch with him. <coughs> I asked, what I asked did, what's it like coaching in Saudi Arabia, man? That has to be something. It's gotta be something. It's gotta be something. <coughs> so, so 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 yeah. I asked about Olusule and everything like that. How's everybody doing? Now, things are rough for some people, but yeah, that's man. what it is, you know. So yeah. um. Yeah, man, bro, stuff, man. yeah, I'll try. I'll get in touch with him again and send you his stuff. That would be cool to see him on this podcast, man. Pick his brain. No, I like to listen. Yeah, yeah. He's coaching Saudi. I'd love to have him. That'd be fun. Yeah, okay. Because you know, some you see sometimes the Saudi, not so much the Saudi, but sometimes the Bahrainis mm-hmm. and the Qataris. You see people that run for them, and you're like, mm-hmm. okay, this guy, this guy's Nigerian, or this guy's from yeah, here. You yeah, see yeah, it all yeah. the time, man. Um, you see it all the time. So, yeah. That's that's yeah. us leaking leaking <laughs> talent as usual, bleeding out 100%. our talent as usual. Yeah, yeah dude, that yeah, we, you don't even get me started on that. We'd have to do another two hours. Yeah. But yeah, dude, fun. Thanks for coming on. All day, man. All, all the best, everyone. Love you.